Okay, we're doing uh, uh, the, the parish of Kitetze. What I'd like to do is think about something about Miriam. Miriam, she was a character in the Bible. And she played a very important role in the creation of Am Yisrael because she saved Moshe Rabbeinu, who certainly played an important role in uh, the creation of Am Yisrael. And while that does define her to a certain extent, it does not define her entirely. So there are two texts that I'd like to relate to. One is here, um, the, the, uh, actually the, the, next, uh, the text at the bottom of the page. See Shmot Perik Tedvav? Shmot Perik Tedvav, just to remind you, remember they crossed Yamsuf, the Jews crossed Yamsuf, and Moshe Rabbeinu sang Shiratayam, which has become like a very important part of liturgy, of our liturgy. We say Shiratayam every day, right? Uh, some days we say it uh, in a special way, Shabbat Shirat, there's a minute of Hasidim to say it Pasuk be Pasuk on those days, but it's a very important, a very important part of the liturgy. It's the sort of the end of what we call Tzukei Zimra, the songs that we sing, which are usually Pirkei Tehillim, except for Shirat Hayam, which is the Shira of Moshe Rabbeinu. Now, after the Shira of Moshe Rabbeinu, it says in the Torah, Vatikach Miriam HaNeviyah, Achot Aharon, Etatov Biyada, Vatitzena Kol HaNashim Acherev Etupim Uvi Mecholot. Miriam, right? Batikat, she took Miriam, her, her adverbs are Hanaviyah, she's a prophetess, Achot Aharon, the sister of Aharon, right? Eta Tof Biyada, Tof is some kind of a, a musical instrument, it doesn't so much matter what it is. Vateitsena Kol Anashim Achareha, and all the women came out with her, so the two things you learn from this, you could learn from this. I mean, you know, that one is that in certain kinds of events, the men and the women were separate. Uh, when are the men and the women separate? Simcha. Simcha is always dangerous, right? The Rambam uses the two words, simcha and holelut. Simcha is a word that describes an obligation, Right, there's a chiyuv of simcha on Yantif, maybe there's sort of a chiyuv of simcha on Shabbat, not really, but a little bit domek. And then there is a prohibition. The prohibition is holelut, is called, what, that's what you shouldn't do. Simcha can always become holelut, you have to be careful about that, about simcha becoming holelut. The Ramam talks about this especially in Hilchot Lulavet. And in, in Sukkot, in the laws of Sukkot, when the Simcha was especially prevalent in the Beit HaMikdash, right, in the Beit all the people came together and they did Simcha. And they had to avoid Holy Lut. Interestingly, one of the ways that they did that, one of the ways that they did, if you think about modern day weddings, how in the old days it was one way and today it's sometimes a different way but in the Beit HaMikdash the leading simcha makers were the elders 
Now that definitely puts a damper on it. You know, like, if, if the elders, the old people, are leading the way in singing and dancing, then it's unlikely that the simcha will turn into holy loot, right? Um, this is even true today to a certain extent in certain kinds of weddings, you know, like in Hasidic weddings. You go to Hasidic wedding, they get, they get somebody who's a hundred years old to dance with the kala, and everybody loves that, right? So it sort of puts the young people out of business. Okay, so here's Miriam. She's in the Viya. She's a Chod Aharon. And she takes all the women with her. Bitupim ubimicholot. She herself, uh, she took the toth. And all the other women took a whole mess of instruments which are called tupim and mecholot. Tupim, we have in modern Hebrew, we call drums, different kinds of drums. A toth, right? There's even a drum called the toth miriam for obvious reasons. And uh, mecholot, whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Why is it hatof heyidia? What? I guess. I see you're into grammar, sweet. No? I don't know. I'll give you two answers. The first answer is I don't know, which is the true answer. Then the Bilbul Hamoach answer is that that while it is true that the hay that is called hay ha distinguishes something that is yadua from something that is not yadua, something that is determined against something um, that's not determined. Like in English you say a table or the table, right? A table means we don't know what we're to, which table we're talking about. And the table means here it is. That's called a dectic particle. Now, just like in English, that distinction... Oh, I'm sorry. I always had... You know, I once took a course. I once took a course in Hebrew University on uh, Talmudic law. And the person who gave the course looked at the students and said, Who knows Greek? And two guys raised their hand. And then he said, Who knows, uh, who knows Latin? Three other students raised their hand. And then he says, who knows Aramaic? Some other students raised their hand. Then he said, who knows Old Persian? Nobody raised their hand. So he said, I want to tell you about Old Persian. <laughs> Which gave us all a lot of confidence. Well, I'm just saying, I'm doing English with a professor of English sitting here. That's like a bad, bad move, right? You know, I could get into trouble. So the difference in A and V is while it is true that it exists in grammars, doesn't necessarily exist in either writing or speaking. Like people mix up the definitive and the lack of definitive. Did I answer your question? It's just an expanded version of I don't know. It generates it generates comment, right? If it says the tof, so you say, well, which one is it? Oh, it was that one, right? It generates comment, but if you look at it statistically, it's very hard to tell 
when the definitive article is used and when it's not used. If you know that there are, it's a choice of some sort. So I, uh, in, in other words, I don't know. But that's a good well, We have the same usage in English. Right? You, you would go, sound the trumpet. Doesn't mean a specific trumpet. Yeah, I'm just saying a trumpet, the trumpet, it doesn't really make that much difference. Sometimes it does. Right? There are people who are very pedantic and they, and, and they do it. But sometimes it, it, it's not that way. So since we saw the pasuk, the first pasuk, look at, uh, let's look at the, the second, the first pasuk in Russia. Vatikach Miriam Hanaviyah. Heichan nitnab'a. Like, why does the Pasuk say that she was a Nevi'ah? Where was her Nevi'ah? So, quotes the Chazal, Kshaita Chot Aharon Kodbushan Alad Moshe, right? In other words, takes care of six problems of the Pasuk at the same time. You know, those is why does, why does the Pasuk say, why does he say she's a Nevi'ah? And why does she say she's a Chot? Aharon, she's Achot Moshe ve'aharon. Right? So the answer is, Heichan nitnab'ah kshaita achot aharon. That's where she prophesied. When she was only the sister of Aaron, meaning before Moshe Rabbeinu was born. Before he was born. Kodem shenolad Moshe. Amra atida imi sheteleid ben. She prophesied that Moshe Rabbeinu would be born. So that, so that, like we have to explain that, Kedida uh, Besota. Okay. So in other words, who is Miriam? She's the one who prophesied. What is prophecy? Prophecy is a way of ensuring that something is going to happen. But the prophet said it's going to happen, and you expect it to happen. Even more than if the prophet had not said it was going to happen. So somehow, somehow the implication is that, that Miriam is the mother or the, the generator of Moshe Rabbeinu. So that another way of saying that Moshe Rabbeinu, he sang the song with his guys. And Miriam went and sang the song with her women. But there was no... They were on par somehow. These two people were on par. We know about Moshe Rabbeinu, but we don't know about Miriam. So we know that Miriam somehow generated Moshe Rabbeinu through Nevoah, and therefore it made sense for her to go and lead the women into, into Saul. The second interpretation of Rashi is, Achot Aharon Nafsho Aleha the great Al Shimo. So there's another way of explaining uh, why the Pasuk says Achot Aharon and not Moshe, because Aharon tried to protect her when they were caught speaking Lashon Hara against Moshe Rabbeinu, and he asked Moshe to pray for her. Okay, okay, so you see Rashi, Rashi, he's got those words, right? He got the words down, and then it says uh, that she took hot tov. Klichel minezema, Rashi doesn't say anything. Betupim uvimicholot. So Rashi, of course, asked the question. What's the question of Rashi? Where they get tupim and micholot from? We know what they took when they left Mitzrayim. They took valuables. They took the stuff that, the money that they were owed. Why would they take tupim and micholot, Rashi? Muftachot ayutzit kaniyotche bedosha kodeshbocho selahem nisim vodziu tupim. So you could argue that the song that was sung by the women was greater yet than the song that was sung by the men because the men were singing about what happened 
right? They said, gee, what a surprise. We got through Yamsuf, we made it. But the women were singing in praise of their own prophecy, their own feeling, their own understanding that it would work. So the women certainly were uh, uh, worthy of great respect. Batan lahem Miriam, the second pasuk. Batan lahem Miriam means that they first played the music and then they sang the song. Not with the men. The men first they sang the, said the words, then they repeated the words, then they said the words, Moshe Rabbeinu. One way or the other, right? You know, as the Gemara says that, that, the, that the men sang a chorus. Ashira Lashem Then Moshe Rabbeinu said the next passage, the next passage, the next passage. They kept singing the same chorus over and over again. But when it came to the women, first they played music, and then they started singing the words, Shir Lashem Kigalga'a, Susrafura Mavayam, Batan Le Miriam Rashi, Moshe Amashira Lanashim, Hu Omer Vehem Onim Acharav. Rashi is of the opinion that Moshe Rabbeinu said the Possek, and they said the Possek after him, right? The men. Hu Miriam Amra Shira Lanashim. That they both did the same thing. That they both did the same thing. Nevertheless, Rashi emphasized the fact that Tupim and Mecholot were a special aspect of the faith that the women had. This is brought up uh, several times in different contexts. Remember Marot HaTzovot, that the women uh, uh, donated their mirrors. The mirrors they used in Mitzrayim in order to make themselves beautiful so that they would become pregnant. And that was an act of faith. That's an act of faith, uh, Okay, so here we have uh, uh, his Miriam, right? Miriam, great personality. Uh, she sang in Shirat Hayam. Uh, I just uh, all right. We'll look at uh, the other pasuk uh, later on. Let's look at our parsha. What it says in our parsha: Ishamer b'neged at the top of the page. Ishamer, Ishamer is a lot. Don't, don't come close. Neged so it's not clear. The Torah warns us that we should follow the lead of the Kohanim in matters that are connected to in matters that are connected to Tzarat. Now we know this, of course. The Torah quite expansively discusses Tzarat, Tzarat HaBeget, Ratzarat Abayit, Sarat Adam, in the parashiot of Tazria and Mitzorah, very expansively, and it's not clear why the Torah felt it had to re-emphasize. But okay, when it comes to re-emphasizing, it doesn't re-emphasize it, it's sort of a subjective thing. Maybe people felt, or the Torah felt, that people would try to deal with it on their own, would not call it the Kohanim, would not, you know, as as is not so uncommon. In any event, they want again. They want again here, even though, generally speaking, the Kohanim and the Levi'im are not subject to special warnings in the book of Tvarim. Nevertheless, here we're really talking about the people. The people have to be willing to allow the Kohanim to make this decision. That's what the Pasuk is about. Then there's another Pasuk. Zachor et asher Miriam, now what did God do to Miriam? 
he turned her into a leprous woman. And that leprosy was a punishment for the Lashon Hara that she spoke about Moshe Rabbeinu. We all know that story. So what is this? So how do you connect that? Zachor et asher asashem v'galamiriyam v'derech v'tzeitchem v'mitzrayim that any time Tzarat appears, any time there is leprosy, it might be the result of natural causes, say, you know, some kind of disease, but it might also be specifically rooted in a transgression that that person, the person who's afflicted, did. And for that reason, it's important to remember Miriam. Because Miriam tells us, Miriam teaches us, that it might be the result of Lashon Hara. Even though we all know that. But if you said, like, what's the source? How do we know there's a special connection between Sarat and Lashon Hara? We know that from Miriam. Because Miriam spoke Lashon Hara about Moshe Rabbeinu. We don't know what the Lashon Hara was exactly. But she spoke Lashon Hara and was afflicted by Sarat. Moshe Rabbeinu prayed for her uh, uh, good health, but she was outside of the Machaneh, she was in uh, what do you call that? Yeah, she was isolated she was isolated because she was contagious until the Kohanim said that she could come back into the Machaneh, even though it was Miriam, even though it was Miriam so Rashi says Rashi <laughs> So with the way Rashi says this, he says you should worry when when, when you see somebody as Sarat, remember that it, that there's a lachon hara issue here, and if you don't want to get Sarat, don't talk lachon hara. And and Miriam is referred to as being uh, like a regular person. She taught Lashon Hara, so she was afflicted by Tzarat. That's what Rashi says. Zachor means, it's remember that there's a person, it's a story in the Torah, that says that a person who spoke Lashon Hara was afflicted, and because she was afflicted, you know, the Rashbam says, see the Rashbam? It says, Afilu u melech ku'uziyah, lo yichabduhu, eli askiruhu, v'yishalchuhu, Rashbam is really a little bit different. He says, he says, even if he's a king and gets Sarat, he has to be expelled from the community. Right? Right? So you see, it's in Rashi and the Rashbam. You remember they were related, right? Rashi and Rashbam are related. And the Rashbam is a direct uh, uh, intellectual descendant of Rashi. Not only uh, a biological descendant, but he's an intellectual descendant. They learned together. They were the same Beit Midrash. They wrote, they wrote the Peirushim on the, on the Gemara, on the entire Gemara together. They were together. They were together. Rashbam says about himself, when I decided to write a parish on the Torah, I went to Rashi and I asked him, 
whether it was okay with him that I should do this. That's how close they were. And Rashi said, famous Rashi, you can do it, and I want you to write up, Lefi apshatim ha-mitchatshim b'chol yom. What apshatim mitchatshim b'chol yom? Poshut. Apshatim ha-mitchatshim b'chol yom. Pshat always changes. Jurash always stays the same. How's that? Good, no? Like you could sell it in the street someplace. <laughs> What's pshat? Pshat depends on grammar, pshat depends on history, pshat depends on archaeology, pshat depends on, on, on every, everything, on chemistry, on science, everything goes into pshat. So in pshat you could say, oh that pshat's no good, because now we know better. But what's drash? Drash is the thought that people had at a particular time. It's never superseded. You could just have another kind of thought. But you can't, one thought doesn't deny the other thought, right? You know, one, one medrash doesn't cancel out another medrash. And that's why, if you look at the medrash, it's just like ongoing stuff. More and more and more about the same question. But pshat is you shoot him down in the OK Corral. You can't be right and have the wrong pshat. You know, it, it, it doesn't work. But you can have the, you can have any drash you want. You can have any drash you want. So this is this is Rashi and the Rashbam. The Rashbam said, no, the Pesach must mean that even Miriam was punished. Whereas Rashi says, look, Miriam was punished. As though Miriam was a regular kind of Russian horror talker. Now these two positions are explained very clearly by the Ramban. Let's look at the Ramban. It will take a, like a few minutes of annoyance, but you have to put up with it. It says, in Ramban, you see the Ramban? In I'm in the third line, right? Lefidati. Shehim mitzvat asay mamash. So now we have another another issue. Another issue. You know that in the time of of the Rabbam, Rav Sadiyagon, Bahad, Ramban, by the time of the Rishonim, one of the favorite sports was counting the mitzvot in the Torah. That it was you start out with the assumption that there are six hundred and thirteen of them. And then you try to figure it out. Now, the difficulty is, the difficulty, firstly, is that there are many more than 613 mitzvot in the Torah. Of course, it depends how you count them. You could say there are 20 mitzvot that are connected to shchitat hakorban, or you could say there's one. And then the one mitzvah has a lot of branches. So you have to work it out so at the end you count 613. That everybody agrees with. The Bahag, the Rambam, of Sadjigon, they all agree that there are 613 mitzvot. Why they thought there were 613 mitzvot is a separate question. Not that we're not going to deal with, but it's an interesting question. Right? It doesn't, where does it say there's 613 mitzvot? So everybody knows there's a drashat. Im lavan karti. Im lavan karti. And then kama. Vidayag mitzvot shamatim garti the word garti gimel reish taf yud is taryag I am lavan garti I was out of the country but I kept the tayag mitzvot and that became such an important uh, matter that all the minyanei mitzvot all those who counted the mitzvot said six hundred and thirty 
So along came the Ramban, and he says, look at this pasuk. It says, Zachor et Asher Asa Asher Elgad Lemiriyam. So that looks like an obligation, no? No, no, it's just funny. It just crossed my mind. Isn't that like a massive problem for the Ramban? He says that there's a mitzvah to live in Israel. Why is it a massive problem? You just subtract a different one. Okay. I mean, there are other problems. No, because if he wasn't, was he in Eretz Israel? Who, the Ramban? Sure. Better. Yaakov, when he's with Levant. Oh, oh. oh, Yaakov, no, he was in Chutzlar. Right, right. So Levant Garti, but Tariyat Mitzvot Shamarti, he wasn't keeping the Mitzvah of living in Eretz Yisrael. So? So if he kept the Tariyat, he wasn't keeping that. Okay, good, you have a question. That's not give an answer. No, give an answer. He also didn't keep the word, the Korbanot. Right. All the mitzvot right. to Eretz Yisrael. It's not just living in Eretz Yisrael. There are there are a hundred mitzvot connected to Eretz Yisrael. Okay, but so I had mitzvot is a concept. I kept every one that I could keep. Yeah. Okay. All right. So lot of right. I mean, uh, if you're a Zionist, you could work at it, but <laughs> but you can. You don't have to. You don't have to. So in any event, this is what the Ramban said. The man said, "This pasuk, Zachor the Shosh Miriam, sounds like an obligation. Sounds like an obligation." So he says, uh, "He says the Fidati Shu Mitzvata Say Mamash. This should be counted as one of the mitzvot of the Torah to remember Miriam, to remember Miriam, Kimo Zachor Yom Hashabbat Lekachon. Right? That's a mitzvah. When do we? How do we do that mitzvah? Zachor Yom Hashabbat Lekachon. We say Kiddush." Right? Why do we say Kiddush? Because Kiddush is when we announce that it's Shabbat. And announcing that it's Shabbat is what it says in the Pasuk, Zachor. How do we Zachor? We usually, the, 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 the Gemara says, Zachor is always done with Peh. You have to say it. It's not something you could just think that it's Shabbat. You have to say it's Shabbat. We say it's Shabbat we, when we make Kiddush. That's Zachor in Yom that we do a lot of mitzvot, zechel itzad mitzrayim, right? And then zechor tasher sal chamalek, zechor tasher sal chamalek. The Gemara says that that lo tishkach is at least once a year, right? So once a year, we be very careful before Purim, we read the parsha of zechor. Which happens to be at the end of the parsha of Kitetze, which happens to be the parsha Tashavua. right? And therefore, if you didn't hear the parsha before Purim, you could be Zachor at Amalek this Shabbos. If you hear the the end of the reading of the Torah of Kitetze, right? Any time Amalek is mentioned, you have to have Kavanah. That's the difference. Uh, if you go to Shul Arab Purim and hear Zachor. So then everybody knows what they're doing there. They came in order to do this mitzvah of Zachor. But if you just listen to Zachor, Parashat Ki this Shabbat and Shul, you have to have Kavanah to, to fulfill the mitzvah, because most of the people there are not doing that mitzvah. They're just reading the parasha. Right? So the question is whether you can get it for free. Like even if you're not thinking about the mitzvah, maybe you get the mitzvah. But this, is, this is what he says. Kula mitzvah. He says, I would list all of these things as mitzvot. In my list of mitzvot, 613 mitzvot, 
Zachor about Shabbat and Zachor about Amalek and Zachor at Yitzhak Mitzvah they're all listed as mitzvot so why shouldn't this also be listed as a mitzvah so he's talking about he the Ramban is talking about the Rambam who didn't listen and Bahad who didn't listen Rav Zadigot who didn't listen none of them list Zachor et Asher HaShem Lechel Miriam none of them and he says he says V'hi Azhara V'im Ken Gam Gam Zekimotam he says there's no difference it should, this should be a mitzvah like those are a mitzvah V'hi Azhara V'nidaber L'shon Hara he says like what are we supposed to remember what is it exactly we remember remember there he says Azhara V'nidaber L'shon Hara we shouldn't talk L'shon Hara Yitzhaber Mitzvah Haseh Shinizkor HaOnesh HaGadol Shehasa Hashem L'Tzadeket HaNeviyah I see that like the Rabban He's saying it. He's saying it. He says, you have to remember. What do you have to remember? Not that she spoke Lashon Hara and was punished, but that she's a tzaddeket and a neviah, and it didn't help her. In other words, you would think that that would be a defense. So who is this? Who's this woman who's talking Lashon Hara? She's Miriam HaNeviyah. She's like Moshe Rabbeinu. So a tzaddeket and a neviah, Shalom Dibra Ela Ba'achiyah what was her She thought he was doing something wrong, and she thought that what he was doing wrong would affect his leadership, and that would be bad for him and for Klal Yisrael. So okay, so it was maybe technically it was Lashon Hara, but it was not regular, easy, simple Lashon Hara. So the Ramban says that's what you have to remember. That Akadosh Baruch Hu was very, very strict in the matter of lashon hara. Who do you learn that from? You learn that from Miriam Hanaviyah because she was special. Not like Rashi, not like Rashi, but more like the Rashbam, right? Rashi seems to say, "Well, you just see, you learn about punishment for lashon hara." Rashbam says, "No, and even if she was a king, she would put put outside." And here he says. He says, the Ramban says, that she loved him like, uh, with all her heart. She didn't speak, she didn't speak before him, him standing there. Didn't want him to be embarrassed. That was the whole Lashon just two people. She and Aaron. Hidden away. So what kind of what kind of transgression is this? We call Masatovim Loho Iluha and all the goodness that she was involved with her entire yeah. life didn't do her any good. Damata in Teshe Teshe Bachicho Tabeban Beben in Mecha Titain Dofi Titain Dofi Lo Tinatzel and similarly for you. Even if you do very mild forms of Lashon Hara, you're not going to be protected. So that the mitzvah that the Ramban is talking about, remembering Miriam, is the way we learn about the severity of the transgression. Because even Miriam, who is in that category of a tzaddeket and a neviyah, and the one who loved her brother and only wanted to do good, and yet put all of those things together, she was punished anyway... That's what we're supposed to remember, according to, according to the Rambam. That's what, that's what we're supposed to remember. Then he goes on and he says, <coughs> Lashon Sifra, 
this is a further explanation of what Zachor means. The Rabban says, is it possible to remember Shabbat in your heart? Only in your, in your heart? Shamor sounds like it means in your heart. Keep it in your heart. No. The only way to do Shamor, Zachor, and Shamor, Zachor seems to be in your heart, but Shamor, you have to do something. You have to do it with faith. Right, that you have to say it with your mouth. So he makes this distinction between remembering in your heart, not forgetting in your heart, and remembering. Remembering is always with words, always a statement, you always say it, which is a kasha on the Ramban. It's a kasha on the Ramban. Because every time, every time there is a positive commandment for Zachor, Chachamim have bequeathed us with a nusach. Right? But, but by Zachor Miriam, there is no Nusach. There's no Nusach. So that means that they didn't think that the Ramban was right. Which is interesting, I think. I mean, it's interesting that the Ramban makes such an issue of this. But, he goes on and he says, Ha, mani mikayem Zachor, peyushaki etzlam tishameh b'neged sarat, mineged sabad shmoma od shalot tibayek l'atzot, and he goes to he goes through the whole, the whole pasuk. So the Ramban makes this case. Now, because of the Ramban, here I have my trusty uh, art scroll sitter, which I can no longer read. You know that the end of Shachris, at the end of Shachris, in many sidurim, in most sidurim. One second. Oh, before there's some people who start and they down in the morning start from this, you know. So, so even though we don't paskin like the Ramban, there's a thing. There's a thing called here sheish zechirot, sheish zechirot. So that every time in the Torah, like not only did the Ramban, the Ramban officially lost. However, unofficially, not only. Do we say Zachor about Miriam? But we repeat every day all the Zachor that is in the Torah. Now if you look in the art scroll, can you help me out? Just read read this part here, which I can't see. The commentary. Yeah, the first part of the commentary. What does it say? Um, Kabbalist literature teaches that it is desirable to recite the six scriptural passages that command us always to bear in mind specific events. Okay. These major... Uh, no, themes in our history did you get it? In our you get it? In, in, other, in other words, who came to the defense of the of the Ramban? The Arizal. 
even though art scroll is anti-Kabbalah, there are times where they can't help it. You know, it's like people wouldn't buy the, wouldn't buy the sinner if it wasn't in there. They say, well, he's a reform. He's a reform sinner. If it didn't have the shapes. So at the end, you see that the Ramban won. Even though in the Minyana Mitzvah, you can't say it's a real mitzvah. It's a mitzvah that was put in, added to the sinner, to the davening, by the Kabbalists. The way they did it was they included things that are a mitzvah. What is that? My papers. That, no, it's not me. They included, like, like in the Zachor, there's a... Uh, here. Zachor Tazer Salacha Amalek. It was according to the Siddur, you should say this every day. It was whereas in the halacha, how often do you have to do the mitzvah zechor abamalek? Once. Once a year. Once a year, because the year is a period of time that you can remember. So if you go from year to year, you more or less are accomplishing this. Along came the Kabbalists, and they said, no, we don't trust you. You can forget any time, so say it every day. So they included things that are a mitzvah and things that are not officially a mitzvah. And then we have the safe, the sheish zechirot. Sheish zechirot are, are in every sitter today, I think. Every, I mean, every sitter that I, that I know about. So here's the Rabban. And the question is, of course, what's the issue? What's the issue? How come Zachor Dasher Salacha Hashem Elkechel Miriam it's not a mitzvah. Why should it be included as a mitzvah? I mean, you can either include it as its own mitzvah, or you can include it as a separate mitzvah, one, one or the other. I mean, what, what's, the, what's the issue here? What issue is there that the Ramban is grabbing onto? So if you turn over the sheet, there is a, uh, there's something from the Svatamet, which I think we should, uh, we should look at. The Svatamet is the second paragraph. He says, "B'medrash zachor et asher et asher 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 Miriam mashal le matrona." Right? It's like an old woman. Now, where is this matrona? That's at the top of the page. Sorry, it was like it was just published backwards. Davar acher zachor. You see, Rabbanan amre lemaha davar domek. Rabbanan said, "What is this business with Miriam?" getting Sara'at and then coming leaving the Machaneh and coming back to the Machaneh but what is that imagine a king who came back victorious from some battle a woman praised him and spoke highly of him Amar HaMelech Amar HaMelech Tikre Uman Shen Sankalito So He praised her also very highly Whatever those words meant Right, he praised her highly Lachayamim 
התחילה לערב עוננה של מלך. And after some time, she started messing up his food, like he, she served the soup first or last, or like something happened. She didn't, she didn't act uh, properly. So, uh, you messed up my food, so go into exile, go to Siberia, go someplace where I'll never see you again. Right, so there's this woman. She praised the king in a wondrous manner. And so the king was very happy about it, beholden to her, so she was in this his court. And then at some later day, she just messed up the food. I mean, you can't compare one to the other, can you? And to be able to praise the king is a lot more, uh, is a lot uh, more to think about than just messing up the order of the food that comes, you know, that anybody can do. But to praise the king in a noticeable way, that was something special. Similarly, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu fought or allowed the Jews to fight the battle in the sea, in the Red Sea, Amram Shira. So she was equal to Moshe Rabbeinu. She sang the song of Moshe Rabbeinu on her own. And she was called, given the specific title of being a Neviyah, remember the Pasuk? Since she said Lashon Hara Al Achia on her brother, Amar Kadashbohu, Titaregle Matalon, she should be driven out to Siberia. That's what it says in the Medrash. That's what it says in the Medrash, Rabba Tadvari. What does it say? What does it say? That the Shuyot that she had for singing the song which was the praise of God, that song earned her the title of Neviyah, but it did not protect her from messing up in Lashon Hara. And so it doesn't really explain it, but it's a kind of a description. It says like, even though you may be beholden, the king may be beholden to some woman who's saying he's saying his praises, but if she messes up, I mean, that's how she's going to be judged. She's not cumulative, right? The judgment is not cumulative, but it's immediate. Oh, you did that? Out to Siberia with you. So look what the Svatanet says about this. But Medrash. Zachorat Asher Asah Hashem Elohim Miriam. Mashal Matrona. Mashal Matrona is what we just read. Yes? Kach Miriam Amra Shira. Ayen Shamayinyan. Who? Ayinyan who? I'm going to explain it, he says. Svatanet. Yod Torah Ish Yisrael Pepfet. Everybody understands that the power of the Ish Yisrael is befet. Is befet. Lachain tzrichim lishmor hapeh milashon hara. So he said that the lashon hara, 
is not only bad because it influences things in a bad way, but because it produces a serious defect in the Jewish people. And the, Jew, the defect that it produces in the Jewish people is that they are supposed to have the power of speech. The power of speech? What does that mean? Right? Miriam ayabachinat Torah Shebaalpeh. And Miriam equals Torah Shebaalpeh. Torah Shebaalpeh meaning her Torah was the Torah that she led the women to sing after Kriyat Yamsu. That's Torah Shebaalpeh. Lachain Be'er. It's very telescope, this Vatabed. Be'er, the well, is, is Miriam. Now you know that when Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu came to Midian, when Yaakov went to Aram Narayim, they both met up with a Be'er, right? They both had to uncover the Be'er. They both had to get somehow to the Torah Shabbat, represented by the, by the Be'er. Lachain Be'er Bishchut Miriam. Shehi piha be'er. She is the mouth, right? She is the mouth that sang the song, which was the Torah Shabbat. Because after all, Moshe Rabbeinu, he was the Torah Shabbat. Right? The piha be'er, the katab ali be'er, enula. Ali be'er, that was the song that they sang about the bear. Ali be'er, enula. Who's la? La is Miriam. She represents Torah Shabbat. To open the mouth, that makes that kind of noise to, to children, to talk, the talk the children talk. And since she was a very powerful So what is it that the Svatimet tries to explain to us? It tries to explain to us that the sin of Miriam in speaking Lashon Hara was greater than the sin of any Lashon Hara that you could imagine. Because she was supposed to protect the power of Peh. And the power of Peh, the power of Peh, this power that the Jews were supposedly have, which connected to them, which would connect them to Tajabah Peh, was corrupted by Miriam. So even though, as the Rabban says, the actual act of, of Lashon Hara was minimum. The day damage that was done according to the Svatamet was maximum. It was a tremendous amount of damage. So now the question is, if you see this comment, when the, when the Posik says, when the Posik says, what are we supposed to remember exactly? So according to Rashi, According to Rashi, you're supposed to remember that she talked Lashon Hara, so she was punished. According to the Rashbam, we're supposed to remember that even though she was an important person, 
She was punished anyway. That's a good thing to remember. According to the Ramban, according to the Ramban, to remember the Pasuk says, do it, right? It's a remembering that's obligatory. According to the Svata we say, no, no. That we remember what happened to Miriam. To know that we don't have to be like Miriam. We don't have to only, it's not only Miriam who is Chayevet in Lashon Hara. Miriam is a Chiddush that even though, even though Miriam was this special person and should have been accepted from doing the Lashon Hara, nevertheless she was uh, 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 punished in this way. The Lord comes to Svatamet and she and says she was punished, but not for what we do when we talk Lashon Hara. She was punished for what only she could damage by talking by talking Lashon Hara. That's what that's what the uh, the Svatamet says. So we understand. If Lamantiskor in this case means it's a call to action, you're supposed to do something by remembering. Then certainly it should be a mitzvah. It should be included. Minyana mitzvah, as the Ramban said. But if Lamantiskor is not a call to action, but it's just an explanation about the severity of the Aveira, then it's not a mitzvah. It's something else. It's an explanation of a mitzvah. There are other mitzvahs that tell me that it's that it's also in Lashon Hara. So you see that that uh, that these two different ways of looking at looking at the same material in the pasuk produce two different kinds of two different kinds of results, right? Where the the Svatamet sort of like builds on what the the Medrash had to say. I mean, the Svatamet says it. It's not uh, it's not an, an invention of mine. And uh, and the question of uh, of lashonara becomes very subjective. Like people, who is saying it, and what are they doing? So they could be doing something to somebody else. They could be doing something to themselves as well. Do something as well. I think the point of the Ramban is very well taken. That that uh, that Miriam didn't really want to harm anybody. She only wanted to do good things. And since she had the status of a Neviyah, she should have been somehow declared innocent. Because that was her understanding of the, of the prohibition. Along comes the Svatamet and says, no, Miriam was special. And because she was special, she was not able to extricate herself from the, from the sin of Lashon Hara. Okay.